Welcome to my mom's podcast. You're listening to the Early Childhood Journeys podcast, where we chat with educators, community members, and advocates of early childhood alike through candid and real conversations, focusing on the person behind the practice, along with some tips and strategies as well. I'm your host, Marisa. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another Early Childhood Journeys podcast. I know it's been a while since the last one. I have been knee deep in the thick of it of early childhood um, classroom instruction and coaching and overseeing curriculum in my in my current role. And I have two extraordinary um early childhood professionals, consultants, coaches. I'm pretty sure we have like over 40 years plus experience just on this podcast alone. I have um, returning guest, Tina Sykes, early childhood professional, and uh, debut of Gloria McGenty, another early childhood professional coach and consultant. Um, And Gloria doesn't do social media, everybody. So this is really big because she's asking me now, what is this for? And where's this going to go on? And um, explain to her several times, I'm like, Gloria, it's going to go on the podcast. And we're going to talk about the subject that we talk about all the time as side talk. And I'm like, let's get it on the podcast. So my next topic is, uh, might be really uncomfortable and all over the place. And hopefully, um, it sparks some reflections from our listeners. So I asked Tina and Glory to come on with me so I can kind of just get this get this frustration out and how we are addressing anti-bias curriculum in the early childhood classroom. So my thing is I had an incident where, you know, we're trying to do, we're trying to move along the continuum of being anti-racist. And the holidays are here. And I think there's a misconception of certain curriculum that we do in the classroom that just because nobody has said that it is racist does not necessarily mean it's not racist. And I was bouncing this this idea with Gloria first, and we were talking about like my frustration as an administrator when you're in a in a position where you feel like the lone wolf, I guess, the lone person in trying to shift pedagogy and trying to implement best practices, just all of the good things that I've, I've grown to learn from these folks right here on my podcast and amongst, amongst the early childhood professionals that I've come across. And when you're up against um, white dominant, white centric views, like the foundations that um, are in some of some of my work and it's not necessarily meant to be mean i'm not trying to um make make offend anyone i I suppose i'm not i just want us to have a conversation about and how how do we go about that so glory and i were having that conversation i'm like you know what let's get this on the podcast and then I, i was so lit with the conversation like oh my god let me ask tina to see if she can come on with us too i think that would be awesome because um the three of us do a lot of anti-racist social justice type of work and advocacy in our personal lives. And it just made sense for us to kind of the three of us to get back together and um, on the podcast and have a conversation about this. What has been 
if who would like to just give their reflections on on these topics who wants to go first gloria what did you think when i was calling you and <laughs> and basically venting to you <laughs> i think that um the conversations are long overdue i've said this in several professional settings as well as personal settings um, that these conversations are very much long overdue and finding out others perspective and like marissa says it's not that we're trying to look at things in a negative way or say that um we're trying to start controversy it's mm. more of how to educate people, but also to how to be respectful of all of the different cultures and being diverse in our day-to-day -day work. So we're not being offensive towards others and we're not um, just saying, well, this is how we've always done it and this is how it needs to continue because we all know with everything that's going on, in the media with Black Lives Matter, with um, George Floyd and all of this, um, these conversations are just long overdue. And it's long overdue in um, not only early childhood, it's just long overdue in the professional world and in the government. And if we can start conversations to spark curiosity to move these conversations forward, that's going, it's not only going to benefit um, the early childhood, it's going to also benefit children as they continue on, as they continue on with their education. So that's my thoughts for right now. I love that. Thank you. That's, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. I just feel like it, we just can't, it just can't be I, or I don't know. I, I was going to say it just can't be about black lives matter, but it, 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 it's all I, lives, it's all lives matter because when you stop and think about it, when you stop and think about it, there's just injustice for every culture. I mean, even for Caucasians that don't have the money, you know, that's on the system and stuff. So it needs to be, it's all lives matter and we need to be respectful of everyone where they are um, in their, you know, when it comes to um, their economic backgrounds, um, their culture backgrounds, it's for everyone, I believe. Yes, like what I, and I wanna say, I don't want I don't want it to be skewed as just, it's just all lives matter. It's Black lives matter yes. too. Yes. Okay, um, for, for this, yeah, for this, for, for when, for this particular incident for me, it's when we get around the holidays, which I hate that. And I guess for me, it's been a while since I've had to do direct care in the classrooms. Um, and this has this has come up where we're just, we're hyper-focusing on these types of traditions when we should be learning about everybody's culture and values mm -hmm. um, and customs all year round. Right. Um, and I, I, also want to bring up that even if you are a Christian-based program, um, celebrating around the holidays, like Christmas time, like there's some Christians that 
don't like to have the Santa Claus stuff. Right. <laughs> um, you know, so it, it can be it can be skewed. Tina, you were going to say something. Yeah, I was just as I, as I'm listening to Gloria talk, as I'm listening to you as well, Marissa. I think what it's really about is it's not just about race, but it's yes. about all yes. political identities. And yes, we have to talk about race. Race is one of those topics yes. that is uh, pushed under the rug because it makes people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it is past the time for us to uh, not be comfortable. We need to be uncomfortable. We have to sit in that because that is the only way that things are going to change. And Gloria mentioned, and you 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 both mentioned about these conversations are long overdue. It's, I yes, I agree. I think they're long overdue in public forums. But right. what I do know is that in private and amongst each other, people of color, Black, Indigenous people, having having these conversations day in and day out. We didn't become woke in June. Right. (laughs) The dominant culture has now determined, oh, this is something we need to talk about. But guess what? We've been talking about this for a very long time. Welcome to the party. You're late. Right. Um, But you can still have a seat at this table if you're willing to engage in the work. Yes. Work is being uncomfortable and knowing what you do and, and admitting that you do not know. And so when you think about these uh, traditions, Marissa, too, whose traditions are we proclaiming? Mm-hmm. Nine times out of 10, it is a dominant culture tradition. And not saying that we should not celebrate those things, but we also must include and celebrate and appreciate everyone and the culture that they bring. And again, culture is not just about race and ethnicity. Right, right. So if we really want to get down to it, we have to focus on that. Right. And, and, I, and that is so true. And I, I know I was in a meeting and um, we were talking about these conversations and being uncomfortable. And someone, um, she, was, she is African-American and she was saying, um, when we're having these conversations, to where people are saying that they're uncomfortable. Okay, you're uncomfortable now. I have been uncomfortable for a lifetime. Yes. You know, this has been a lifetime for me, being who I am, being a female, being an African-American female. So yeah. this has been an uncomfortable situation for me for a lifetime. You're just barely being uncomfortable. You know, so, so yeah, I agree with that. And I want to... Tina, you mentioned a point earlier before we we recorded where I had said, you know, I I had brought up a concern about certain um, classroom practices that I thought were racist. And it doesn't mean that I want to explain that just we all can come off as racist here and there. Like um, we can also experience microaggressions. And it's about recognizing like, oh, my God, I didn't mean to say it like I didn't mean to say like that. That's that's my thing. It's it is a how do you say it's it's a life skill for me like it's every day it's a it's a way of a way of life okay it's a way of being Marissa and I'm yes. sorry to interrupt you but no that's please jump in that one point you were going to talk I want you to mention that's what equity is so even as we begin this conversation and thinking about an anti bias curriculum I think again that has become a buzzword yes let's do, do anti bias education let's do anti bias cur- uh, curriculum that okay fine. But if teachers, if administrators, if the system does not have an understanding of what true equity is and how to advance equity, 
if the system, if the teachers do not have an, an equity lens, which is a way of being, it's not something where you open a book and say, we're going to do this activity and look, we're equitable, we're anti-biased. It's the way of being. It's how you carry yourself in the classroom. It's the things that you're saying to children. It's not just the activities that you're planning. And so I struggle with this idea of having an anti-bias curriculum makes everything okay. Mm, yes. Administrators need to do their work and they need to think about how they're showing up in these spaces and how their presence and the things that they're saying is impacting every single child in the classroom. And you Go back to microaggressions. It's so much about intent versus impact. Your intent may be great. That's wonderful. But if your impact is harmful, you need to make a change. And 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 people struggle with that. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to offend you. You took it the wrong way. You have to understand this is who I am. And what you said was offensive to me because of this. So, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I love it. Yes, that's exactly what I mean. That's exactly it. It's the attitude of, well, this wasn't offensive before. That's what they think. Well, nobody complained about this before. And I'm like, um, how do I even nope. go again? Like, how do I push back with that? What do you mean? <laughs> nobody complained about it before. And possibly like, like we were talking about earlier, nobody complained about it publicly. But inside, they were upset about it. And they went home and they told their loved ones, this happened at work or they're trying to get us to do this at work. So they didn't, a lot of times it's that silence dialogue. I'm not going to say anything because it's, it's not going to go anywhere or I want to make sure that everyone else is uncomfortable. And for me in the past, it was, I don't want to be that angry black woman. Yes. Right. And you know, uh, I'm past that in my life, <laughs> but back or, in the Or also too, it's, this is how it's always been, you know? Oh yes. But, this is how it's always been, and this is how we continue to do it. I'm used to it, and, you know, and then when you stop and think about it, it's like, well, wait a minute. That's that's not okay, but, you know. Right, Gloria, and I think this is how it's always been, and I'm used to it, which means I'm comfortable in it, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, my, one of my favorite quotes is, nothing grows in a comfort zone. Mm -hmm. If we're too comfortable, we are growing. And we yep. need to think about that as well. And I think it, you mentioned also a point about it starts with your leadership too. You know, we can't just say we're doing, we're being um, culturally sensitive, anti-bias curriculum. It has to be walking the talk at the leadership level, mm -hmm. at the admin level. And, and being vulnerable enough to say, you know what, I didn't know this before. You know, so-and-so brought this up or I went to this training and you know what, guys, we, we need to start um shifting this and this is why and like it's so it's okay to do better when you know better Amen. and I, I feel like there's this an ego thing that sometimes we get caught up with programs and it's admitting programs admitting that oh my god we have not been stellar as we thought in the end i'm like there's always room for improvement even the the naic five star whatever like there is always room for improvement and, and, you know, <laughs> perfection is the dominant culture characteristic as well. Mm -hmm. and, you know, this idea that you have to be perfect. No, there's no one that's perfect. There's no program that's perfect, right? So we're always growing and we're always learning. So be right. vulnerable enough to say, I didn't get it right, but I want to. Um, you know, I'm here to learn so that I can do better. And even with that, even I said, I didn't get it right. We may not, you may not ever get it right. You may get it right one day 
And then the next day you try the same thing and it doesn't work. But being a part of the journey to learn and to grow is about reaching that advancing equity stage. Yes. And I, I want to make sure that our listeners, you know, I was thinking of, I, I went through like with this whole conversation these last, um, this last week, I was going through all of my early childhood, like leadership stuff, my culturally and, you know, bias stuff and trying to find some, like, how do I address this again? How do I address this again? Or what's the best way? And I, I went into this roundabout and I'm like, you know what? No, we're just going to talk about it. And I'm just going to say, this is how I felt about it. Um, you know, this starts to mess with, for me, at least I, I always am big about saying, you know, this starts to mess with my integrity. This, I'm not trying to be connected to, to this type of thing. Um, or I, or for me, it's, I speak up because I've, I've learned that silence. What is the silence is com- com- complicity. Is that yeah, the you're, you're green. Yeah. I'm green. And I'm like, no, I don't agree. I can't agree with that. I'm not here to convince you then if I already said my piece and if the powers be, that's what it is. That's what it is. Um, but I guess for me and, and probably for so many folks that are in, in, in the thick of it, like me right now, you're kind of debating like, okay, I'm going to, at what point do I speak up? At what point am I going to speak up and not be looked at as um, like um, problematic, <laughs> you know? Like, oh, Marissa's back. (laughs) And um, because I feel like Marissa, but that is something that I think all people of color and and people and women, those who identify as 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 women have to think about all the time. Yes. How is how is how am I being perceived by others? And that's that makes you tired. I'm exhausted. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think people forget about that, you know. And I was telling Gloria, I remember Gloria, we were we were, you know, jokingly aside. I'm like, man, I hate being woke. I wish I can be super ignorant and just not give a fuck. And it's my podcast so I can cuss, you know, and not give a fuck and be like, fuck it. Okay. Ignorance is bliss. I go, I hate knowing all these things. I hate it. I hate knowing better. Yeah. And because once no. you see it, you can't unsee it. That's what gets me. Like yes. everyone's watching TV, trying to relax. I'm like, what kind of commercial was that? I can't even, I can't even enjoy myself because I can't unsee inequity. I just can't. I know. It is just part of, I, I don't, I was trying to explain it to a colleague. I'm like, it's just who I am. I don't know how to explain that. You it's know, your I'm, way of being, Marissa. And that's where we want, we, and we, I, I speak from the eye. That's where I, I, I hope I wish that early childhood educators would get that mm-hmm. it becomes their way of being and they just can't unsee it. And when you can't unsee it, that means you are, there's something inside of you that's saying, I need to speak up and I need to do something about it instead of sitting back and allowing it to happen. And we're not there yet. And, and no anti-bias curriculum, no um, culturally sensitive t- curriculum is going to do that. That takes work for each individual and each individual's on their own journey. Yes. But, but a book in a classroom is a step, but it's not going to change the world. Right. You know, I get, I get, I get shit because there's little cutesy craft stuff that'll occur. And I'm like, oh, like Marissa, I'm like, 
you know, I, this is, but this is where it starts. I'm like this, but you know, let's go beyond this cutesy craft. If I'm, if, if we don't begin here, when are we going to begin? <laughs> like if we don't move past this, when are we going to move past this? I'll share, um, I want to share something with you too, real quick. This is yeah. a personal story. So, you know, my husband calls me woke, woke. Cause <laughs> I wake, he says, you wake up woke. So um, I have a sixth grader, my daughter, and uh, they recently did an activity where they read a book. Um, and I can't think of the name of the book right now, but it was, a uh, the, it focused on Egyptians. Mm. So at the end of the seer of the book, um, she came home and she said, I have to dress up like an Egyptian on Friday. And I was like, oh no, we don't do that. <laughs> oh gosh. And she's, you know, she was upset. She said, I'm going to be the only one in my class who is not dressed mom. And I want to do that. And I said, is it a part of your grade? No, but everybody's doing it. It's, it's a celebration of the book. I can't think of the name of the game. It's not the book. It's going to bother me. But, um, and I had, a t- you know, I was like, well, you're not doing it. And I can write your teacher and I can let you know. And then my husband was like, she is 11. <laughs> Her class is doing this and she wants to be a part of it. Sometimes you have to take a step back. And I had to sit with that. I love my daughter. She was upset and she was mad at me because I said she couldn't do that. And so I took a step back and I said, you're, I'm going to allow you to do it, but we're not going to be costumey with it. We're going to do it in a way that honors and respects the culture. And then I'm going to write a letter to your teacher to let her know that uh, is there another way to honor or to celebrate the end of this book without having the children dress up as another culture, which can be very offensive, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And um, so that was that was the route that we had planned to take. And then I will be very transparent and honest. Tina got busy and started doing other things and the letter didn't get written. And I feel bad about it. And I told my husband, I still need to write that letter. He was like, that was months ago. I don't care. <laughs> Next year, they'll do that again for another sixth grade class. And so my to still write that letter. But I say that to say I had to take a step back and 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 think about what was my purpose? You know, why was I why was I against it, first of all? And then what did I want to do about it? And each person has to make their own decision about what they're going to do. But to not do anything is is the problem. Yes. And that's why I like when I was doing this podcast, I call it early childhood journeys because everybody is on their own journey, their own continuum of development. And I have to think about, okay, how can I meet these folks where they're at? You know, but at the same time, everybody needs a little push. Otherwise, we sit in our comfort zone. And so it's it's going back and forth and kind of coming up with the plan and saying, okay, how can we address this? so that I feel okay, okay, I talked about this and hopefully we're gonna move forward from it. And at the same time meeting the teachers where they're at or the administrator where they're at, providing them the, some information. I was looking up like articles and um, research regarding this as well. Um, but sometimes all the research and articles can just, it's really about um, sometimes people have just, the, that's their way of, of being. It's, it's just so embedded that no research or anything, you know, um, the reasoning, the why, the why behind it isn't enough. And I'm like, okay, they're not ready. Mm-hmm. They're still on, they are still on that journey. They're not ready yet, but I did my piece. You planted the seed. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So it, it, it just, it bothers you though. I can't help it. <laughs> it, it bothers me. I, and I jokingly let that night with Gloria, I'm like, I wish it didn't bother me, but that's, that shit bothers me. What, you know, where, when are we going to, when are we going to start talking about this stuff? Regardless of whatever program you are, a for-profit, non-profit faith, you know, not faith. It is, we, we have to have this conversation. And some of the conversations are starting. I mean, it's it's taken years for the conversations to be starting, but there are some programs that are beginning to plant more seeds now than ever before. I have to um, say that because I've been recently attending um, many trainings, not just a few, but many trainings that I have gone to over the past, I want to say maybe six months or so, that diversity and equity is a huge part of these conversations now. So it's like, now that we're starting them, don't drop the ball and just let it go away. Let it, you know, say we've got the ball, we're running with it, we're going to fumble and we're going to drop it. And then the conversations are going to stop and no. So things like this podcast and, and um, other people coming together and the different trainings that I'm attending, um, those seeds have been planted and they're continuing. And that's, and that's really a great thing that they're continuing to do this and not dropping the ball. Yeah. I like, I, I like having, hearing that hope because when you're in these programs, you guys, I mean, back in, I'm sure in your past experience, you feel isolated, mm-hmm. <laughs> you feel super isolated. Like, like, am I the only one? Why am I being gaslighted? Like what? <laughs> yeah. And, and then also too, it's like, um, there's a book that, um, a book club that, I'm in, and there's a book that we're reading also, and it's talking about equity and stuff. And and I shared with my group, you know, that with everything that's going on, um, when I was uh, in my 20s, I want to say my young 20s, and I was not driving, I didn't start driving until much later in life, and I was walking home from from work. And these two guys came, they were, you know, in their car, they threw beer in my face. They called me the N word. They told me to go back to Africa. And, and that was terrifying for me. It was terrifying. Mm -hmm. But with everything that is going on today, when I'm in my vehicle and a police officer pulls next to me now, it's like, I get this fear and I don't want to have this fear. So I've had that conversation because not all police officers are bad. Just like in any profession, you have good and you have, and you have bad. And so when I walk out my door and get in my vehicle, I don't want to feel that I have to be afraid when a police officer, you know, pulls up next to me. I want to get back to that where I'm comfortable being out and driving and when that situation happened to me as a young teen, I was terrified. 
but I'm more terrified now because I don't know what's coming at me. And I don't want to have this mindset that every time I see an officer, something negative is going to happen. So I have to have this mindset that we're having these conversations and that we are going to be comfortable in being out in the community, being in early childhood and just being in the community at all, you know, being comfortable. Yeah. 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 So it's just, it's just, um, it's just, it's a shame, but we need to continue to have these conversations. I like that you said that because it gives me, it's, I need, I think we need to hear more of those little small hope stories. <laughs> yeah. Those little yeah. progress. I was going to say that too. Thank you for that too, Marissa. I was going to thank you, Gloria, for sharing your story because there's power in storytelling. And mm-hmm. that is how you can start a conversation with someone through your right. story. Um, mm-hmm. And if we, if we understand another person's experience, it helps us relate to them more. Um, mm-hmm. And so, although that is a harmful story, there is still hope there. Yeah. And so, again, I just wanted to thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. You're well. Welcome. I wanna, I, I wanna sit with that. I wanna. There's a lot to take in, and I know our listeners are pro are processing uh, a ton of stuff from what we've talked about. I like to do some last thoughts and maybe a resource. So amongst my side, I was looking up some information, just basic, something even as basic as, um, I know NAUIC, and that's the National Association of the Education of Young Children, they have some really nice, um, free, accessible um, articles on holidays and how to address like anti-bias education. Um, there's one that's called Anti-Bias Education and Holidays Making Thoughtful Decisions. Um, And I know there's been several webinars that have gone up on equity work in early childhood. And I bring this, I mean, I I say this because this anti-racism equity work, um, being culturally competent starts with us, starts in early childhood. You know, we, 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 we forget how critical that work is. And it's, and while some folks might think that, that craft is cute. No, there's meaning behind that. <laughs> that's where we need, that's where it starts. Um, it's more powerful than that. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah. I go, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I'm being, I'm being activated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, say it. Say it, girl. Just the whole idea of, oh, that craft is cute. And like, that's my next response. That's how my, that's the response I want. And, but what is it teaching? Yes. So even if it's not, you know, even if it's if 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 whatever the craft is, what is it teaching? What is your purpose? So you know, the whole thing back in the day. I, I hope people are still not doing this, but possibly they are, Marissa, where children were making the little headband and putting the feathers on the head. The headdresses, yes, Tina. Oh, what are still doing that? Yes, ma'am. Okay, that's a problem. Yes, it is. <laughs> but also, but okay, that's so- what I'm saying. It's like, yeah. oh, but nobody said that was a problem before. It, it's a problem. And yes. Okay. So what is your purpose? So, okay, let's start there. So it's a cute craft and we're doing it. We've done it for years. Okay. So tell me what the purpose of this craft is. What, what, what are you trying to teach the children within this activity? Yeah, That would intention? be my first question. What's, what is your intention? Yes. What is your intention? 
And no matter what their intention is, <laughs> I can think of many things they may say. I can think of another way that would be less racist and less harmful than that headdress activity. Yes. But let's first think about it has to be more than, oh, this craft is cute. Has to and be. I, yes. And I like to think that the teachers and I know folks are like listening to us. and They're like, oh, my God, I just did that. Or we just did. You know, I, I like I would like to come from a place of they didn't know. You didn't know. Right. Now, you know, better. So mm -hmm. now, you know, better. OK, nobody. I like to think that we aren't intentionally trying to be racist and cause harm. Yeah, right. I agree. I agree. <clears throat> and, um, but when we are getting called out, let's listen to that. Let's let's have a conversation about that and let's put our ego to the side and, and say, you know what? This hasn't this wasn't brought up before. OK, let's let me let's let's I want to learn more. I want to understand the why. I have a resource. I've, I've uh, please read the book uh, Courageous Conversations About Race by Glenn E. Singleton. It's a wonderful, wonderful book. And he talks about that idea of a racial consciousness flowchart so that we all fall within this flowchart. And the first one is I don't know. I don't know. Like, so I don't know. And I don't know that I don't know. So really, it's like you think, you know, but you really don't. And then the other one is, you know, I don't know, but I think I do. And then there's I know that I don't know. Right. So you think about these. Oh, where are they? Where are they at on this flow chart? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I think I do. I know. I know that I don't know. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of confusing, but we all are in these different places um, within our, our journey. So I, I agree with you. I don't believe that anybody in early childhood education would do anything to intentionally harm children. Correct. But it's like what you said at the beginning. When you know better, you do better. Mm -hmm. So if someone is coming to you and saying, this is problematic and this is why, now you have a new knowledge and understanding. Now it's time to get a new knowledge and understanding and proceed from there. Not to stay stuck in your same place of, I didn't know that I didn't know. Now you know. And now you are responsible for the knowledge that you have. Mm -hmm. Yes. Courageous conversations about race. Mm -hmm. I'm getting it. Amazon. Wonderful. Yeah, I got to get that. Absolutely. All right. Wow. So much good, juicy stuff here. Any last thoughts or reflections to leave our listeners with? If you're, if you are speaking to an administrator or a teacher, anything else that we could send their way to help them in their journey they're trying to they're wanting to make this this shift anything else i'm going to go back to a reference that you already mentioned marissa and that's nacy naeyc national association for the education of young children they are doing wonderful work when it comes to conversations about equity and not just conversations but actually a equity as a way of being. So my first recommendation would be to read the advancing equity position statement that was put out in 2019. That mm -hmm. is very clear about what it looks like in action. And there's also the book Anti-Biased Education in Early Childhood, mm -hmm. which gives some wonderful examples, some wonderful research um, and thoughts around, again, not a curriculum, but a way of being in education that is anti-bias. So I would highly recommend administrators and teachers to look at those two resources and for administrators to really do a self-assessment and think about where does their site fall 
when it comes to these things. And there's some wonderful reflection questions in that book, Anti-Bias Education in Early Childhood, um, for teachers and administrators to, to think about. Yeah. And I'm using that book actually in the spring in my um, college course that I'm going to be teaching. I'm actually um, using um, that particular book. And so I'm excited to hear that Tina is referencing that because I'll be doing that with, um, Your students? with my early my early childhood students. Good. Uh, That's Gloria. Yeah, in that book because we also want to have these conversations at the college level mm -hmm. as well, making sure that the educators that we're sending out into the field, you know, when they're going into the classrooms, they can realize what is correct and what isn't and making sure that they are being culturally sensitive but also having those tough conversations and that's the main thing is having these tough conversations and being a little uncomfortable or a lot of uncomfortable and saying okay this is uh as an administrator this is what i'm wanting to see in my program and as a whole because we all know the leaders are the ones that set the tones yes. for the programs. So bringing their teams together and just putting it out there and saying, okay, this is for a lot of people very uncomfortable and we need to tackle this. So we are meeting the needs of not only the children in our programs, but our families and a community as a whole. So that's my reflection. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, Coming from a place of, um, I, I want to learn, I, I, I'm ready to learn, or I, or I was wrong, you know, thinking, I, I thought this before, but mm -hmm. I'm, I want to learn now. I, I want to, that place, and I, that's really hard for folks, I feel like. And it's, you know, even when you're in early childhood, I think we all need to be like the smart asses. No, <laughs> I, I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly, like, yes, I've been in this field forever, but... I'm, I, I like to think that I'm trying to be open to mm -hmm. how, how we can improve our practice, right? How it, it, how it can evolve too, but, and being, and being grounded though, in equity work. Yep. All right. Thank, thank you guys so much. I hope that I'm so, thank you. Thank you. I'm, I, I know it's this, it's on a, we're recording on a Sunday. You guys have your personal lives. I get it between COVID and trainings and all of the life and I know it's stressful and I really really appreciate you guys coming on I was telling them that I just needed them to come on because I'm like oh my god I I, I need help here just having folks to bounce off of and that's one of the things with the listeners that because the classroom teachers or the administrators or the directors sometimes feel isolated connect with me connect with folks that are doing equity work I know here in Arizona Indigo Culture Center um, is one um reach out to Tina and Gloria or myself, I'll forward information um, because I, we don't, we, we need strength is in numbers. We need to collaborate. We need to partner up and advocate for, for these issues, for these causes. And, and the conversations you know, need to come from behind closed doors to the yes, public. Thank yes. you for this platform, Marissa. Definitely. Yes. And to the table and bring it out of the dark and into the light. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you, guys. You're Thank welcome. you.